0: In a recent talk at a podcast event, speaker Anna Sales said, having a podcast is a lot like having a baby. If that's true, doing a documentary about podcasting is kind of like having twins. And if that's the case, doing a podcast about a documentary about podcasting is kind of like having someone hand you twins while you're treading water. So I decided to get on Skype with executive producer Chris Kremitzos. My problem is I have, like, too much information. It's a matter yeah,
1: of... Yeah, that's why I want to call you so we could kind of come up with... Uh, what are you thinking for the next couple episodes? Yeah, yeah let's think uh, uh, Yeah, out loud about the story. So, we already did the beginning of this narrative. So, uh, what did we do? It's been so long now. After we launched everything, I guess the next episode would be like, things got tough and dark.
0: Well, the the one thing we completely skipped is Danny's trip to California.
1: Oh, shit, that's right. You see, I we've done so much, I forgot.
0: That's the, that's the fun part, is I have to keep listening through the ears of the audience, and I'm like, wait, they haven't heard that yet. Welcome to episode number two of the Messengers podcast, a podcast about a documentary about podcasting. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the theschoolofpodcasting.com. If you haven't listened to episode one, I highly recommend that you go back and start from episode one and then work your way forward. So the crew packed up their gear and headed south to Miami to film Hall of Fame podcaster Danny Pena of Gamer Tag Radio. Now, it's really hard. I'm going to try to introduce you to three really cool people in the film today, and it's almost impossible to do a short Quick introduction to Danny Pena, but here I'm going to give it a shot.
2: I wanted to start an um, internet radio show, and I my first show I recorded on, on a tape recorder. So I was the first person that basically came up with a, uh, an internet radio show on mp3.com. Um, I, I I talked to my cousin and I was like, hey, can, is it okay for me to have a party at your office? And he was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Invite your people. So I was like, all right. I invited 50 people. Some friends, and a lot from our listeners, locally from Miami, and I told them, "Bring your, bring your own console, bring your TVs, bring your, your controllers. We're gonna play and celebrate." So we did that. We had 50 people at the event, and then, throughout the years, we made, an, we had another party. So the first party we had 50 people. Then the second party we had a bigger venue, bigger everything, more tournaments had. Music performances with with independent artists here from Miami, and we had then five hundred people. So then from there,
0: so let's hold on a second. So yeah. this is basically a big party. You got live music, so so we're getting our jam on as we're playing video games. Yes, okay, yes. And,
2: and 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 also a bunch of giveaways. So a lot of companies will send us free games or T-shirts or you know goodies to give away to the crowd. And it was totally free, totally nice. free, totally free. So the third party bigger venue now we're in the downtown area of miami and we had now more performances more tournaments more of everything and we had 800 people now so then my business partner was like his name is pete he was like danny this is like the day after the this party he was like dude let's have a party during super bowl weekend here in miami i was like dude i don't know man that's like kind of crazy because yeah we're getting our community they're coming from everywhere from all over the country some even came from like canada and and puerto rico and i was like it's gonna be really really expensive to fly down here in miami or get a hotel and everything how are we gonna pull this off you know he's like dude let's start spreading the word from now and we did it for like a year so then we had our party We had so much stuff that companies were sending us to give away that we had to rent a U-Haul truck just (laughs) for giveaways. So I had committee members that came down and a lot of them, they were sharing rooms like that. And, And some of them, they were like, hey, we'd like to help you guys. So they went to my house and they were just helping me out with everything. So then I found out that the Miami New Times named us the number one Super Bowl party to attend. During Super Bowl weekend, and dude, let me tell you, I was super nervous when I read that because I was like, oh my God, they put us up there higher than Pepsi, higher than Playboy, higher than a bunch of concerts. And the reason why is because we had it for free, but we got sponsors through gaming companies that that were at the event, Twiki Games and EA Sports and so on then I find out that EA Sports talked about us on ESPN they had like a Madden Ball tournament so like a bunch of a uh, bunch of football players who play Madden and, and and so on so they had it's like a huge tournament they do this every single year during Super Bowl weekend so they talked about us like oh Gamertag Radio Community Vibes on ESPN right so then I find out Sony Pitcher wanted to record our our event so they also came to the party and they recorded this and it was all over the world. They had it on Animax and also Sci-Fi in Australia. Jeez. And oh man, I'm i tra- Oh, so we had people lined up 6:30 in the morning. Our party started at 3:30. Um, we had people that came from all over, the, all over the country, even from Japan and Canada, Puerto Rico. Wow. And Wait, uh,
0: no, you just said something that, like, we just kind of, your party starts at 6.30.
2: Yes. No, actually, 3.30, 3.30.
0: 3.30. And when do people start lining up?
2: 6.30 in the morning. That's yeah, crazy. They, they basically, some of them parked by the club and slept inside of their car waiting for the party to begin. The and so h-
0: how long were you promoting this before it actually happened? Mm, almost a year. Okay, so that's the cool thing. It's like, it's the event. You got to be here.
2: Mm-hmm. It's going to be off the hook. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and and we had our party. A thousand people showed up. Holy a thousand God. plus. It was perfect because some of them came for Super Bowl weekend. And it was like the perfect time for them. Oh, we could hang out with Godfrey and, and everybody else uh, for Gamer Tag Radio. Like it was like, it was perfect too, you know?
0: Not too bad for a guy that started with a cassette deck. And again, this is just a portion of his story. I mean, later he played video games with Bill Gates, but. Eating one Lay's potato chip and doing a short clip of Danny Pena's story are two things that are just basically impossible. So I asked Danny about the
2: time when the crew was in Miami filming his story. I, there was times I got really, really emotional. I cried during the film, you know, when they, they asked me questions about like my family, the struggle. There was a time that I almost stopped podcasting because of the stupid trolls and the haters that, hate that we were getting so much like success with our show they tried to wait for that one moment that we made made that mistake and a lot of people were just like going after us man you know and um there was a time that i started i got too stressed and it was my fiance was the one that told me not to quit and i talked about that um and she also talked about that too in the film too so so things were going
0: well on the road. In fact, some might say they were pulling off a few miracles. Chris Kermitzos has the story.
1: Well, I had rented a, a Dodge Caravan, and we were driving home, and I, it was, I was tired. I had about a third of a tank. And I remember we were in, like, these um, botanical garden areas. Like, it was in Homestead, Florida, which, uh, you know, is right on the Everglades. And I remember I was thinking, should I get gas, should I not get gas, should I get gas, should I not get gas, and I'm like, yeah, screw it, let me get gas. And I turned right into the gas station. The moment I opened my door, the car that was behind me smashed into the car that was stopped at the light. Had I not gotten gas, the crew, we would have been rear-ended, and it would have been all their equipment in the back of the, the Dodge Caravan. So I don't know if it was Divine Providence following us, but... Um, it was just, uh, it was just amazing. When I opened up my car door, all I heard something hit, and I realized that was a car behind me rear-ending the car stopped at the light. So, uh, you know, just seems like we have uh, little angels watching over us as we're making this movie.
2: And then Danny got an idea. I told him guys, if if I could take one of you guys to E three, one of the biggest video game convention in the world. Next thing I know, I'm on the
0: phone with Neil in an airport.
3: I'm here at the Tampa airport getting ready to go to Los Angeles, California. It's funny, I'm going home. I actually grew up in Southern California, so I'm actually excited to go home. But the reason we're doing this is uh, about a week or so ago, we were down in Miami uh, recording Danny Pena, the host of Gamer Tag Radio. He was uh, a Hall of Famer for the uh, uh, Podcast Movement Award, I think, a year or so ago. And so now he's really expanded, he's really grown, and he invited us. He said, hey. Thanks for recording my uh, sort of uh, rags-to-riches story, my start-off story. Uh, I'd love if you come to E3 and see me at the big show where we're at our best and my entire crew is there. So, um, you know, uh, our executive producer, Chris Kermitzos, made it happen, and I'm now getting ready to board playing, too. Go out to Los Angeles for the uh, E3 Gamer Conference, which is the largest gaming conference in the world.
2: So Neil flew all the way to L.A., and he got to see everything. I'm talking about hard work. We got him tired. Only the first day, I got him so much content that he was like, I'm exhausted. Like, this is just day one. I'm like, watch day two. Again, got him more content. Day three, he was already, like, tapping out. Like, all right, I got to be out of here by 12 and everything, you know. But um, it was cool. So he got to see us interviewing Microsoft, Activision, all the big, big video game companies over there. And, and I got him a couple of surprises too. People that I helped in the past that they started either podcasting or they needed tips to get through E3. Um, I, I got them to talk to to them for the documentary. Um, and um, that was the thing that he noticed that a lot of people were saying that Danny was always there to help the community. Um, and I also got um, people in the video game industry to to say a few words. They know that we're very influential in the video game co- uh, community, and they will contact us and invite us to events that no other video game podcasts get get access like, like that so um, that was that was a cool part about filming the documentary because he got to see the behind the scenes of us sweating like arguing uh, everything. You know so and at the same time took them to CBS radio so they could also see us inviting other video game podcasters to join us because I want them to also be inspired like man you know now uh, uh, Godfrey and the, and the whole crew they they can kind of deal with cbs man I, uh, you know dreams do come true you know, so that's why I always invite independent uh, podcasters to uh to like a daily sessions at at uh cBS radio studio you know so
0: Back in Florida, the crew headed down to film Glenn the Geek Hebert of the Network.com. Glenn, again, very unique story, building his empire. He makes a living with his podcast by building relationships with his audience and building relationships with his many sponsors that he uses to help promote his show. What is he talking about? Horses and only horses. But horses and filming, especially
3: drones, that may not be a great mix. You know, when you're dealing with animals, you never know what's going to happen.
0: That's the fun part. There's always that. And and
3: I would think, have you ever been kicked by a horse? Oh, yeah. And stepped <laughs> on. And, you know, uh, Jennifer Jennifer had the worst accent. I don't know if you want to hear about it. But sure. uh, Jennifer had the worst accent I've ever seen. We, we had a tax business, a, re, a whole retail business at our farm. So we had a, we had a retail space and the whole thing. We were in working one morning, she was out doing the horses in the barn and she came in the house with a towel on her head with blood everywhere. Uh, She had her hand on her head and she, there was just blood everywhere uh, all over her face and everything. And she said, I got kicked. I have to go to the hospital. Um, And what had happened was the horse slipped. She wasn't riding it or anything. She was bringing it in the barn. The horse slipped, fell down. She fell between the horse's legs and got caught with the horse trying to get up so, the horse is scrambling to get up, and she's in the way. So, she got kicked in the chest, and she had a, her scalp was torn up in the shape of a horseshoe on the top of her head. Really, it was in the shape of a horseshoe. Uh, so, I, I, I got her, we got her towel on her head, we got her into the car t- to take her to the hospital, got about a mile down the road into the little town where we lived. And she started to pass out on me. So I went to a doctor's Ooh. office that was on the way. They called the ambulance and they took her the rest of the way. She had 14 staples in her head and she broke her sternum. So they were more concerned about that, actually. But we have had all kinds of accidents like that with horses. Jeez. So yeah. that's, that's where, like, when you have a drone flying around, it's when you go, you know what? yeah. You don't it's want dangerous. Even, I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, we read in the news every day because we get all the horse news from around the world. There are people dying every week in horse accidents. Um, so it's something you have to take very seriously because they can kill you. They're a big animal, you know. A lot of them weighing in between 1,000, 2,000 pounds. You know, you're not going to win that battle. Yeah. Uh, if they fall on you or something like that happens, you're not – you're getting the worst end of it. So what's it like when you're mixing horses – With a drone. Uh, The next morning we did all, we did, we took all our horses out. I have a carriage horse and my wife has a riding horse and we went out to the field and they had the drone. They have a cool drone. They had the drone there and they had a couple cameramen there and they wanted to film us going around. Well, it was going fine and our horses were okay with the drone because they kept it pretty high. They have a really nice drone and they kept it pretty high and that was all going well and they have goes round and round and round. You know how video is. You have to Put twelve hours of footage for thirty seconds of video, (laughs) right? right? So we're going around and around, and then I said, and then we thought it'd be a great idea to get (laughs) to get the guy from Inner City in the cart to film from in the cart. Hmm. and that was the point where where Neil flying the drone decided to bring it down a little low, and my pony didn't want, have any part of that drone and bolted. <laughs> With this poor city guy, never been, seen a horse or been in a cart before, holding on to his camera, holding on to the cart as we're flying down the field. So I, fortunately, he didn't bolt for very long. It was pretty good. I mean, we didn't, I didn't kill him, uh, but I don't know that he's going to be in a cart anytime soon. <laughs> It was funny, actually. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But it was fun. We had a great time doing that. You saw a little bit of that footage of us with our horses in the trailer uh, for the Messengers. You see a little bit of it in there. And then they filmed uh, in the studio here for a long period of time and uh, filmed our morning show, us doing that. They joined us for our morning show, which was a lot of fun. So I think that, boy, the quality of uh, of this, I think, is going to be tremendous. I'm really impressed. And were there people sleeping in the barn? How did that work? up here at the house. Yep. Uh, We we had people on the floor. We had people in a bed. (laughs) Uh, They had people in a hotel. Uh, We only had so much room in our house. So we had people in a hotel, Uh, but it was fun. I cooked breakfast for them on Saturday morning before we went out to play with the horses. And I think they all got an education in horses. I don't know that any of them had really had horse experience before. So they got a little bit of an education in horses. Our horses are pretty good. So, you know, it's not like... That that was a problem, uh, but Jennifer had just gotten her new horse, so we didn't. We weren't quite sure what he was going to do. He was kind of an unknown quantity. He's a big horse, so we weren't quite sure what he was going to do. But he was terrific through the whole thing. So as some stories were winding down,
0: other stories were just beginning. Sean Smith. Sean is a Christian artist that does mission work in Guatemala, and if you're like me, you're probably
4: going Guata what? You know, the first time somebody said, hey, would you like to come to Guatemala? My first question was, uh, where's Guatemala exactly? Mm. I said, South America. And they said, close, Central America. I said, right. Uh, so Guatemala is just south of Mexico in Central America.
0: Sean is an expert podcaster when it comes to podcasting out in the field. You see, Sean actually podcasts from Guatemala Using gear that fits in his backpack.
4: Yeah, so I, like you, started podcasting with a a huge room full of equipment. Now, And also like you, Dave, I kind of came to podcasting through the tech side. I was a musician, just like you, and so I had a lot of pro audio gear laying around. And so for me, it was kind of a sidestep. It wasn't really a big leap to think about pro quality audio, recording pro quality audio, because I've been a studio musician For 20 years, and I had all kinds of equipment, right? But my problem was when we got to Guatemala, we realized during our mission that it was really difficult to communicate all of the things that were happening every single day on the ground in Guatemala back home with family, friends, and supporters. We really wanted to share these stories because, as our mission team members say, a month's worth of stuff happens in like a day. And by the time they get home, they even forget like what happened on Monday It's just so packed full of not only physical work, we were really busy, but a lot of of spiritual journey and emotional things that happened throughout the week. So we really wanted to communicate back home somehow, some way with family and friends. The problem is in Guatemala, like many other developing countries, there's no such thing as broadband. Uh, Internet. It's just super slow. And so that started me on a four year journey of trying to figure out how to get all of my studio equipment into a backpack. And it was then that iOS that Apple came out with the they released iOS seven, which is their seventh version of their operating system, which allowed pro quality audio 2 channel pro quality audio into an iOS device. And I was like, that is the key. If I can get pro audio into an iOS device that wasn't plugged into electricity because that is so uh, unreliable in Guatemala and something that isn't dependent upon batteries, like recharging batteries and like a digital recorder, which I had. But the power would go out and digital recorders uh, can be, um, well, they need batteries and they need SD cards. And so... The iOS device is really key for me, and it literally took me years to figure out the right connections of equipment and mics and interfaces, cables, adapters, to get truly pro-quality audio that we could upload every night. So
0: Sean was in Florida speaking at PodFest. He had a great time, and then
4: later, Sean had an idea. So I was in Guatemala prepping for our mission teams, and I started watching, following the Messenger's Facebook page following the filmmakers and I started seeing the photos of them with Christie in her boat in uh, South Florida in Key West right and the amazing drone shots of Danny Peña and the graffiti wall in Miami they released that trailer which is amazing and and then I saw the amazing footage of Glenn the Geek and his horses and I knew that I was being featured in the film and I thought, wow, wouldn't it be awesome for the film crew to film me in my studio, in my mobile pro podcasting studio here in Guatemala? Wouldn't that be awesome? And and they could tell the whole story. I mean, they could tell the story of how I got into podcasting through the mission work and they could show us actually recording our nightly podcasts from Guatemala And I thought, this is nuts. I mean, it was literally two weeks from our mission and we only do this once a year. And so I sat on it for three days. Like, this is just insane. I can't ask somebody to to drop everything and come here in two weeks. But after the third day, I literally woke up in the middle of the night and I said, So what if they say no? I mean, what if this could be part of it? What if they could capture the amazing vistas of the volcanoes here in Guatemala? I mean, one of the villages we serve is literally called Buena Vista. I mean, beautiful view, and it is spectacular. And capture the story of how podcasting started for me doing mission work and trying to share these stories back home. And that is the message of my podcasting is... You can podcast from anywhere and that's how we got started. And so I thought the worst I can say is no. So my wife and I, over the past several years, had collected a bunch of frequent flyer miles and we had a conversation and we said, you know what, this would be worth uh, (laughs) spending almost all of our frequent flyer miles on to try and fly these guys down here and get this. So I sent an email to Chris and to Neil and Salo and I said, this is a crazy idea but you guys are crazy enough action takers that you might say yes. Uh, What if you could come down to Guatemala two weeks from today and film not only our mission work, but film me podcasting from Guatemala, my home office in in Guatemala? And so, uh, I mean, Chris uh, responded first by saying, is there any other time of the year maybe September October
0: now there was a very specific reason why Chris was asking about that you
4: see he'd already paid for and booked a family vacation and I thought oh my gosh they're even considering it that was just shocking and I said no I'm sorry the next time we'd be doing this would be a year from now and uh, and then he emailed back and said we're talking does the team
0: make it to Guatemala? Well, we're going to answer that in the next episode of the Messengers podcast. Now, if you just can't wait, I've got an easy way for you to cut in line. Go over to the website. It's the Messengers doc. So the Messengers com. Sign up for the newsletter and you can see all the behind scenes, all this great trailer that people are talking about, the shots of the horses. You can see it all behind the scenes. You can travel along with the crew, with Neil and Solo and Chris and Willie, and you can see all this stuff we're talking about. Go over to themessengersdoc.com and sign up today. This episode featured clips from Sean Smith. You can find him at themobilepro.net. Glenn the Geek Hebert at horseradionetwork.com. Danny Pena at gamertagradio.com. And the baby at the beginning of the show, yeah, we kept it in the family. That is the one and the only and completely adorable Sedona Kramitzos. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from theschoolofpodcasting.com, asking you, what's your message?